migrated from a country that not a lot of people know are in the Caribbean, and you've become this successful business owner while you homeschool your children in a new country, and you actually do it with your husband. Nobody owned businesses. Nobody did any of this. We saw our parents slave as W-2. None of them thought outside the box to think, how do I grow something instead of working for someone? What kind of animals do you have? Well, we have three dogs right now. Lost count of the chickens because they fluctuate with the coyotes eating them. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Shannon. And we are two women here sharing inspiring stories about fearless females to help encourage you to live your life unapologetically. Welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. We are so fortunate to have a special guest with us today who is one of my absolute favorite people, y'all. She's so down to earth and humble that you would never know exactly how successful she is. She's also migrated from Trinidad and built a super successful business, actually more than one of them, all while homeschooling and raising two children. Welcome, Dominique, to the Unapologetically Me podcast. Hi, ladies. Hi. Yay! We're <laughs> all so in Scottsdale. Finally. <laughs> I know. You had a delayed flight. You got ready in the bathroom as we're getting ready to start filming. Yep, was running through the airport to catch an Uber. It's kind of like the story of being an entrepreneur. I was going to say, it. it's totally fitting for my life. It did, if it happened the way I planned it, that wasn't gonna, that's not my life. I think everything works that way. Right now, I feel like a caveman because <laughs> my mom cut my pants off to be not too long as I was walking out the door to come to the, to the conference and I'm looking at my pants like... This is just my life. We need They're to take like, a lighter to the cut. bottom of that. To like <laughs> cut off with this pair of scissors by my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Dominique, we wanted to talk to you today because your story is so unique. You migrated from a country that not a lot of people know are in the Caribbean, and you've become this successful business owner while you homeschool your children in a new country, and you actually do it with your husband, which I'm so envious of. I got to meet him for the first time recently. And y'all, the dynamic that you have together is something that not a lot of people have. So talk to us about that journey. Yeah, we actually don't want to kill each other every day like <laughs> most couples. Um, so that started when we were young. We met when we were like 18. Aww. And I went to Minnesota to do undergrad school. I don't know if Shannon ever heard the story. No, tell me. I want to hear I want to hear everything. <laughs> and he went to Canada to put himself through flying school. And he did his private pilot license and went on to do his commercial and found out he was colorblind. And back in those days you could not um do commercial if you were colorblind. So I was working three jobs, helping put myself through college in Minnesota. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to pay. I have some money saved. I'm going to pay for you to come visit me. And let's just figure out what our next steps are. So you knew him before you We moved. were friends for two years before I left for college. Okay. We both like knew at a young age that we didn't want to stay on that rock. It's a small island. Trinidad is like right next to Venezuela and it's only three hours from one side to the other. It's tiny. And we both knew we wanted something more in, you know, our lives. So he came to Minnesota and we sat down over Thanksgiving weekend and we brainstormed what is he going to do with his life if he can't fly? That's been his dream since he was a kid. And y'all are like 20 years old at this point? Yeah, like 21. And I had some money saved up and I told him, you know, take the rest of my money and go, you know, back to Canada and figure out what you want to do. Well, on his way back to Canada, he saw these people 
maintaining high-rise buildings in New York because he stopped off in New York. And he was like, there's no one in the Caribbean doing this. I think I'm going to go back to the Caribbean and I'm going to start a business doing exterior maintenance of buildings. And so he took $250 that I had and bought equipment and went to Trinidad and started up these businesses. So when I finished undergrad, I went back to Trinidad for medical school. And while in medical school, I helped him with that business and we grew it and we started distributing product for a Canadian company in the Caribbean. And the Canadian company sold something called safety equipment for rooftops, suspended maintenance equipment. And while I was in medical school, we also started a second business um, doing HVAC servicing. Wait, you were in medical school and you're starting a second business while in med school? With him, yeah. And people nowadays yeah. are like, oh, I can't date because I'm in med school. And like, I can't do this because I'm in med school. And you're running two businesses. And we were doing the long distance from Minnesota to Trinidad before that. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I also decided I was going to apply for the green card lottery. The U.S. has a green card lottery every year. They allow 55,000 people to migrate using that lottery system. And so I applied for myself and I applied for him and he won it. So Wait, you didn't? I didn't, but we were engaged already. So we decided we would get married and go through the process together, mm-hmm. which we did. And the important part about the distribution of, of the product from the Canadian company is he called them up. That was the first company he called when he got through with his green card. And he was like, hey, we are migrating to Florida. I know you guys are in Canada, but do you have anything open that I could do in the U.S. for you guys? And they were like, well, yeah, we want to open a satellite office and we think you'd be a great person. You've started businesses. And so we moved to Florida and we opened up their satellite office here. Then they moved us to California and Pennsylvania and we were bouncing all over the place. And eventually in 2013, after we'd had our kids, we weren't seeing him at all. He was traveling the world for them. We would see him like two to four days a month. That's when we started over with all of our own businesses here in the U.S., and he left them, and that's when we started our three businesses that we have now here in the U.S. So part of what I love about your story is, I'm sure Shannon gets this too, on Instagram or TikTok, whatever platform it is, anytime I post something about owning a business, people are like, yeah, but you're not telling us what your husband did, and yeah, but your parents gave you all this money, and you took it from your husband. None of that happened. And so what I like about your story is how much it shows it took both of you. You had to give him the money to get him back to the island and figure it out. And he had only two hundred and fifty dollars. Remember, mm-hmm. like that's you that's not a lot of money. You had to give him yeah. some money though. He had nothing to go figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Then he goes and gets started, and it takes you helping while you're in med school. And it, it truly took both of you. And there's no like my husband started this business or my wife started this business. It was truly both of you along that journey. And we both came from families who nobody owned businesses. Nobody did any of this. We saw our parents slave as w2 what y'all were called w2 hair workers and none of them thought outside the box to think how do i grow something instead of working for someone so that was always our goal how was their reaction when you were you were in medical school and you decided to do something else kind of reactions were you getting from your family you know i was still doing medical school i I finished ended up finishing my master's before i came up to the u.s because i moved so i couldn't continue on I don't think they they cared because I don't know if they understood our vision. 
Like I still wanted my career, but I still wanted to help him grow these businesses, kind of like how we do it now. You know, I still want to be with the kids, but I'm still helping on the back end. And I don't know. You know what? We never really cared what anybody thought. So we never really listened to anyone. And you talk about sense. the kids imbalancing that. I know you, we all homeschool. And how are you doing that? You, you have three companies and two kids who are homeschooled. How are you doing that? It's a juggling act and sometimes plates fall. I'm not going to paint a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty picture and be like, this is perfect. And, you know, I have it all down. I have nothing down. It's like things are always <laughs> happening or, you know, I'm forgetting an appointment. But I mean, I try my best to the night before sit down and go through my schedule, the kids schedules, work schedule and set as much up as possible. But it doesn't always happen that way. So what does like a, a day look like for you? Oh, my goodness. Like a typical day. Because well, she also has chickens. <laughs> yes, and like I know. All these you got animals. a and a horse and all these things. Um, a typical day would be I would get up like 7 a.m., try and jump on the computer. Well, okay, before that, I try to deal with some of the animals before yeah. the kids get up. And then I jump on the computer and run through some emails and do what I can, you know, set stuff up for employees. I have an employee and two at home to help out. Um, then I usually get the kids up by nine, get them to all the activities. The one rule we have is we don't let anyone drive our kids around. Mm. So Wait, why? You just, just don't a trust safety people. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we live. Dude, we my live. husband just now started driving my kids. <laughs> I don't let my kids go. In. My mom, my mom has been like my husband as far as like the kids go. So it's kind of the equivalent. Like my husband literally is just now allowed to drive my kids. And places. the highway wow. is where we live. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy yeah. because yeah. there's so many people without driver's license mm, and they come yeah. from other countries where driving laws mm -hmm. are not enforced. Girls, I live in LA. I know. <laughs> there's so crazies you know. there too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. It's a yeah. safety thing. So... Some mornings I'm driving the kids around from like 9 a.m. to the barn and to soccer and all their homeschool classes. And in between, I have <laughs> I have one of those Wi-Fi sticks because I don't like Wi-Fi in the car. So I have the Wi-Fi stick and I take that with me and my laptop and I'm working on the go whenever somebody needs something. And then by the time I get home at night, I try to get on the computer for an hour or two at like 8 p.m. just to wrap up the day. Because I've been gone with the kids all day doing other stuff. Um, and then I'm in bed by maybe midnight, 1 a.m. Wow. Well, so let's rewind. What kind of animals do you have? <laughs> so we have three dogs right now. I've lost count of the chickens because they fluctuate with the coyotes eating them. Um, so maybe we have 30 chickens. Um, we, my daughter has a horse, but that's not on our property. That's somewhere else. And that's it for now. So you wake up early, you go feed your animals, and then you do a little work on the computer. Mm -hmm. Then you get the kids up, you do all of their schooling. Are you the one that's actually doing the school with oh, them? Or do you have a tutor no. that comes we have in? A tutor. Okay. So now they have an before we had an in person tutor that would come to the house, but now we have an online, which works better. Well and your kids are a little older now. They're older now. Yeah. How and old are they? They're thirteen and fourteen. Okay. So now I'm trying to juggle them, like, bring the computer, bring your books, bring this in the car. And it's, it's a hot mess. That's and I know you, like. you haven't gotten this far yet <laughs> mm -hmm. with your homeschooling, but nope. my oldest is in sixth grade this year, and I literally cannot do her math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, when it got to, like, dividing and multiplying fractions and all that, I'm like, 
gonna bring we will have to in. hire somebody yeah. for math. <laughs> yeah, no. I am not qualified. I'm for, horrible at for math. even fifth grade math. Yeah. So, and even if you're qualified at that age, I don't want to butt heads with anybody. I don't mm-hmm. have the mental capacity or yeah. the time to fight anyone over algebra. Just not not happening. Yeah. Bella and I were talking about it today and I decided I'm like, we don't need that. Like when in your life do you need geometry? Unless you have a specific profession, we do not need geometry. Your profession needs geometry. Well, in construction you kinda need it. We're not being, we're not doing construction. Well to know that your people that you hire to do your construction in your rentals are doing the right thing, you kinda need it. Nope. Yeah, still thinking I don't need geometry. <laughs> so we got adding, subtracting, multiplying, uh, dividing. Shannon and I have been having conversations about who, not how. Yeah. So that's we're, true. We're skipping geometry. <laughs> I'm like, I told my kids, I'm like, you guys got to do it. I don't care if you use it or not, but just do it. At least you can have the basics. Sometimes it's the perseverance of having to get through things that mm-hmm, suck too, mm-hmm, right? It's like the yeah. life lessons that you learn. I've decided that that's literally what college is. College has nothing to do with what you learn, unless you're going to be like a doctor or like yeah, an engineer, somebody that needs those specific skills. But most degrees people get nowadays are literally just the perseverance. So my husband's been on a kick that the kids aren't going to college, that they're going to Germany and Switzerland to do internships yeah. with the company we buy our machines from. And at first, my daughter was like, well, what am I going to do with my horse? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. That's her question. That's her first thing. She's like, what? I'm like, you'll ship the horse. But you can. he's like, you can go live with them in Switzerland for three years while they do their internship. Because they start them young over there. Mm. Like 16 or 15, they can start. Oh, wow. And they're wow. learning everything from marketing and social media stuff to engineering. Like, you can pick the department or you can run them through rotations it's it's interesting that's really cool that's super cool i remember you and i our first homeschool conversation my kids are literally like kung fu and learning chinese and you're like oh we're in robotics i'm like what (laughs) where do you find a robotics class like i don't even know this stuff exists Uh uh-huh yeah driving them to all these things Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I think that's one really cool thing about homeschool is that you can do like things that they're not doing in public or private schools, you know, like, I mean, I don't know anybody that is doing Chinese and robotics like in a in a public school. And the thing is, like, I have one kid who is really engineering, like his mind is based around engineering and building stuff. And my daughter's not like that. But you know what? I put them both in it. Mm. I'm like, both try it out. And I make him do stuff that is not his forte either. But I'm like, try everything. Mm. And at least you're both getting to experience different things. You yeah. Know? So when we're talking about you and your husband working together, I'm so obsessed with the idea of that. Talk to me about how, because so many people fight and can't actually do that. So talk to me about how you have like, do you have complementing complementing skill sets? Do you have like a this oh is your goodness. lane and this is my lane? Like how do you do that? Listen, before COVID happened, right here in Arizona, um, we came to do a meeting with Tom Wheelwright's wife, um, Luann. And she made us do this. It's not really a personality test. It's called a Kobe test. And they do it in the workplace to see how people work Um how their minds work, how um, reactive they are, if they have analysis paralysis, if they do a lot of research. And the funny thing was we went in and we we sat in her house and we did this test with her and we laughed and we're like, no way we're going to have anything similar. We are so different. Mm. Our scores on all four were exactly the same, except one was off by one point. What were they? I'm curious. Do you remember? It's been so long ago. Um, One was like, 
research, like how much research you do. The other one was how quickly you pull the trigger on stuff. So is this related to your decision-making skills? All this stuff, yeah, in business. Um, And so then and there I realized we are so similar, which is not common. Um, And you don't seem like it when you meet the two of you. He's so outgoing and like we, so Dominique came to my house a couple weeks ago. I don't even know if it's been a couple weeks ago, recently mm-hmm. for a murder mystery dinner and her husband played the butler and he did such a good job <laughs> at that. And he's like animated and playing his character and Dominique is kind of like I described her in the beginning of the show. She's like super humble and down to earth and a little <laughs> bit quiet. You'd have no idea that she's like this amazing, successful woman. So it's, so crazy that you both have the same scores. So how do you work together with that? So what we end up doing, not knowingly, is that I work more from home, mm. the home office, and he's more in the office. Mm. I mean, there are times I go into the office, but I realize if we spend too much time together in the same space, that's when we start to butt heads. Mm. Because then we're trying to both tackle the same issues, and that just doesn't work out. So I'm like, if I stay in my lane and leave him to be in his and not try to tell him what to do or how to do what he's doing, you know, as women, we tend to want to, then everybody's happy. So did you come up with that specifically or you naturally kind of gravitate towards different tasks? It, yes, we do gravitate towards different tasks. So he handles, he oversees the teams and, you know, he's the visionary in all the businesses. He comes up with these grand ideas and they're so big and I'm the one hiding in the corner like, oh my goodness, how (laughs) am I going to build a staircase to get up to that cloud that he just dreamed up out of nowhere? And I've learned that I just got to keep my mouth shut and let him dream. And now we're realizing, okay, it's the who do we put on that ladder to help us get to these places. So it's, it's been me learning a lot in the last few years on how to keep my thoughts inside to really let him do his job anyway he does most of that stuff i do more of the background stuff the office management the financial side of things and um we both do hiring of employees so there's certain rules we share but we we tend to have you know, opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum business wise. So I'm curious when y'all are doing that, what are some of the cultural influences, whether it's the way you were raised or the different traditions that y'all have and experiences that you've brought from Trinidad that have shaped your approach to either the entrepreneurial side of it or the way you run your family life? How has that impacted the way y'all are living? You know, I think coming from another country where we didn't always have the conveniences that Americans had. Like, you know, my kids take it for granted that all buildings or houses have AC. Mm. Like, that's not the case when we were growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s in the Caribbean. You didn't have AC. Um, Or if you did, it was just in your bedroom. And you only turned it on for a period of the night and then turned it off because it's so expensive. Okay, I think that's not just the Caribbean, though. Because when I was a kid growing up in Mississippi, we did not have that either. There was only air conditioning in the living room. There was only heat in the living room. So you were freezing your butt off at night in the bedroom with a bunch of blankets. We even had heated blankets. Did y'all use heated blankets? Well, it doesn't get cold in the Caribbean. (laughs) You don't need that, yeah. But you're burning up in the summertime. You're even sitting on your porch because it's cooler to sit on the porch than sit inside the house. some breeze. Yeah. 
So it's only recently that like pretty much everybody has heat and air. Yeah, and I guess we also didn't grow up with, there's no shopping in the Caribbean the way it is here. It's just, we grew up with a lot less of everything and I'm not complaining about that, but I feel like that just kind of drives our mentality of, you know, who we are, you know, really pushing us to strive for more and keep setting those goals. And, you know, as a business person, you set those goals, you meet them, and then you set another 15 and you keep climbing that ladder. I don't know where we're climbing to, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's a discussion we've been having recently. Like, where do you end that? Like, we have enough money. We, you know, we, all of us like started out from nothing and we have enough money now. So what are we, what are we chasing? What are we still trying to achieve? That's a good question. I don't have that answer. I'm not the dreamer in our businesses. That's, that's Kenny. So. But are you guys happy and content? Like where, where you're at now? Or do you feel like you, you still want more? Like you still want to buy more real estate. You still want to have more businesses or, or you're, you still want your business to grow. We definitely want our businesses to grow. I mean, so I don't really talk about our businesses here in the U.S. So our three businesses, uh, we have one um, where we do something called industrial rope access. And that stemmed from Kenny over the years. Wait, can you tell us what that is? Yes. Okay. It, It stemmed from him realizing that it was a way to access remote areas, right? So generally it's used in the oil industry. When they have all these oil rigs, rather it's offshore or onshore, they use guys on ropes, not window cleaners. Mm -hmm. These guys are highly certified to go in and do welding, non-destructive testing. When you say they're on ropes, are they like, in my head, I picture these people like in repelling gear attached to like a carabiner. Exactly that. Like repelling down the side of a building. It's exactly that. It's the same brands that they use for that kind of stuff. We use Petzl, all those brands. But what... We found, and this was when we started up this first business back in 2012 or 13, maybe 13. Um, there was not a lot of use in it in the construction industry. And being in LA and Miami and all these places where they have all these high-rise buildings, we were realizing there was a niche industry there because sometimes the crane was up, but the crane couldn't access certain areas of these buildings. Or the crane had already come down and they forgot to install a window washing equipment or something else that they needed, you know, done on a a random floor that they couldn't get access to. Or they needed glass changed out because a storm came through and hit. And they didn't want to pay that money to, you know, construct a crane just to do those things. So that's where we kind of come in in the construction industry, providing these niche services when there is no other access. Mm So the Hard Rock Guitar in um, Fort Lauderdale, our guys are actually on it today, just changing out a few of the LED lights. So every time they have outages there, we help them install the whole system to access the lights. But again, their place is on that building. They cannot access with that system. Okay, so you are supplying the equipment and the man who does We are only supplying the men. Mm. Okay, so they have the equipment in place. And you send a team to do whatever it is mm-hmm. they need. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's installing the safety equipment on the rooftops, the maintenance equipment, or like in the case of Hard Rock, changing out LED lights. Um, we have another job where we're removing a crane from a building in a downtown area. Otherwise, if we didn't come in, they would have to hire a helicopter to lift. 
And that becomes a whole safety aspect, mm. one. And then two, with helicopter lifts, they have to shut down like blocks of the downtown area, which just think of the cost mm. of hiring police and shutting. It, it just becomes astronomical and kind of hard for these. Are there a lot of businesses companies. like that out there? Because mm. I, so how did you come up with this? Like, how did this come to be? I don't know. That's a question for Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of stemmed from that first business we opened in Trinidad. And it just kind of organically happened because he's on the committee. He's actually going to one of their meetings tomorrow. It's the ASME standards. They set the code for suspended maintenance equipment in the U.S., right? And they follow OSHA standards. So he's on that committee. And I think he kind of fell into it through that, mm. seeing that there was this need for that. Um, there are a lot of other rope access companies out there, but again, a lot of them work in the oil and gas and alternative energies. And we don't do as much of that right now, but we're more on the construction Marshall. side. Oh, okay, yeah. so you're doing the rope business. Yeah. Then we also design, manufacture, engineer, and install the suspended maintenance equipment. Because that's what we did originally in Trinidad. We started distributing, selling those products, installing it. Well, when Kenny, when we started up this rope access company, we were on a lot of rooftops and realized, hey, your equipment is not meeting OSHA standards. Mm -hmm. Or your equipment is not even allowing you to access the building or it's unsafe for the guys to use. So we kind of fell into that and we were outsourcing all the manufacturing of that equipment. Um... Well, just before COVID happened, Kenny decided we were going to open a manufacturing company, a steel manufacturing company, Sheet Metal. And he and was what's in the, the Instagram for that? Because I see super cool videos of the machines making that something. That one is right now under 247 Manufacturing. I have super to think cool about which, which one. Of the machines. Right. So during COVID, we ended up closing on those machines and we decided we needed to invest in our own machines because in South Florida, the lead times on the manufacturing were killing us. You know, we would take it to these companies and they'd be like, oh, we'd have it ready for you in two weeks. Six months later, we still don't have product installed on these sites. And on high-rise construction sites, if you don't deliver on time, you start to pay Mm. The owner and the contractor, exactly. So, so then you owe that money to them. So we were like, we can't keep doing this. We needed to find a more efficient way instead of the old school labor intensive sheet metal manufacturing. Again, Kenny, the visionary, saw that in Germany and Austria and Switzerland they were using lasers and all this robotics to do stuff in a fraction of the time, and decided. We're going to get these machines and we're going to bring them in. And in the middle of COVID, we started bringing machines in and that's when we started our manufacturing. So your businesses were literally inspired from the need from another business out of each other as you built each of these because you couldn't get what you needed in time. Coming to think of it, this was all inspired by Kenny not being able to do his commercial pilot license <laughs> right now looking back at the whole so yeah. we need to thank the faa for not allowing people who are colorblind right <laughs> thank his genetics for him being colorblind and it seems like y'all have to be amazing at operations to start all of these unique niche businesses that you didn't know anything about from scratch and be able to be so successful 
I don't know about being amazing at it. I feel like we're learning on the go. Like it's always something new. I didn't come from a business background and neither did Kenny. So we are like constantly learning stuff, stuff that I think that maybe people who went to business school would have learned some of these theories and stuff. And we're like, oh, this is a thing. (laughs) We should learn about this and we should implement this, you know. That's super inspiring to hear. Yeah, we know. I feel like I know nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so freaking humble. You aren't even able to talk about how amazing y'all are at some of these things because you could not. There's no way you know nothing. And you're literally our last guest. We talked about this. If you were a guy sitting here, you would be like, I'm the best. And I know all of this. And I did it all by myself. And like you would literally be singing a different tune. Maybe. OK, Dominique, we're going to say this together. I am awesome. I'm awesome. Yes, you are. Shannon didn't what? say it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I <laughs> Was I supposed to say it at the same time? Yeah, I said we're all going to mm-hmm. say it together. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I am awesome. I am awesome. <laughs> it's like talking to our kids. <laughs> like clapping it at the same yeah. time. Well, I think that that was super inspiring. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I feel like the fact that you knew nothing and didn't come from a business background, I feel like maybe people listening will be really inspired by your story. So thank you for sharing it. And thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.